It's time to decide. You must choose your subscription box. Do you want fluffy, fuzzy things? Do you want a watch that you'll barely even wear? How about more collectibles to fill the shelves in your room? No! You don't want that. You want horror movies, and you want them on DVD. No, you want them on Blu-ray. Well, buddy, it must be an omen, because here I am, and here's HorrorPack.com. Join HorrorPack.com for $19.99 a month and get three killer DVD movies plus one exclusive. Or join up for $24.99 a month and get three Blu-ray blood soakers and an exclusive each month. There, now you've made up your mind. Or I have. HorrorPack.com for the best scare anywhere. Dunk, 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 dunk. Yeah, just not have that. I don't need all that much editing. I got to work tomorrow. Mm. Not that I'm complaining. No. And I didn't get no check from Don Don either, so. Yeah, it's probably because you call him Don Don. That's his name. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's time for another Achieving Reality, the podcast. This week, Chris and I talk about Hellraiser because they're getting ready to do a reboot of it sometime this year, or next year at this rate. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast. We'll see you at the end. Bye. Chris it's going it's going when's the last time you've been outside um I don't know oh last Thursday because I have to take the trash out and bring it back in you just taking it for a walk no I'm taking it to the front and then Friday I take the trash can back to the back and bring the recycling in that's not what you said you said you took the trash out and then brought it back in well you know what I mean Apparently not. You you get out more often than I do because you have you have bar feet. So uh, we watched a movie this week. A movie we watched. Well, we probably watched a bunch of movies this week, but one in particular. Yeah, one in particular. Clive Barker's Hellraiser, nineteen eighty seven. That's right. And uh, why did we watch that? You ask. I mean, other than the fact that it's a great movie, because they're getting ready to remake it. Yes, they've announced they have a director for the reboot of Hellraiser. A guy by the name of David Bruckner, who had a fairly successful movie called The Night House, at least in the film festival circuit. Mm-hmm. They've also scored uh, a bunch of writers as well. Well, there's people who worked with David Bruckner and other projects. Yeah. So it's kind of him and his team. So since everybody's stuck in their homes, we thought we'd talk about a movie people could watch. That's right. So get on it. I won't even tell you to look it up on your Funky Wagnall, because that'd be weird. No, because I'm going to use IMDb anyway. True. So uh, I have the uh, Blu-ray sitting in front of me, the 
case, and it's signed by Doug Bradley and I forgot the other name I said it was the other day. Ashley Lawrence. Thank you. Ashley Lawrence from Hellbound Hellraiser 2, which is also good because it's a dual thing. Uh, mine did not have the extra features. That's okay. You didn't miss a whole lot. Well, mine was strictly just the movie, and then, well, that was it. So. But yours is a two-pack. Yeah, mine's the two-pack, yeah. But uh, I'm kind of excited to see what this guy's going to do with it and also what the writers are going to do with it. I just don't want them to make the pain priest, a.k.a. Pinhead, kind of a wussy. I don't know why they would do that. So, the original movie? Mm -hmm. So, when did you first see that movie? Where? When? Oh, when? Oh, 90? So, back when you were about 37. (laughs) Yeah. No, I wasn't 37 and 90. I saw it in 87. Yeah, you saw it when it came out then. Well, our friend Austin worked at the movie theater. Ah. So we saw a lot of movies. Yes, and probably didn't pay for very many of them. Um, depends on whether or not Austin was working. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody posted, uh, it says, it's going to be totally faithful to the spirit of the original, except it'll be PG-13, and they're going to name it Hecklifter. Hecklifter. Yeah. So as to appeal to a broader audience. That's another movie. I watched it. It was good. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hecklifter. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, I got three of these Hellraiser films. I got these two, and I got another one over on the shelf. But uh, yeah, I, I am interested in what they're going to do with it. Like I said, I saw this in 87, mm-hmm. back when slashers were all the rage. Yes. Freddy and Michael Myers were putting out movies pretty regularly. Jason had just had a movie in 86, right? So he was still going as well, but this movie's not really a slasher movie. No. I'm not actually sure. I mean, it's obviously a horror movie, but... Yeah, but it, it's... I mean, there's plenty of blood and gore, but the main guys don't actually technically... I mean, they technically do it, but they don't touch you. Well, they don't necessarily themselves, but they I mean, they do. Right. That's the thing. is that They're not, you know, you're just faceless, mindless killer. And remarkably enough, they do not do like Freddy either. They don't do the wisecracking and that sort of thing either. Nope. Straightforward. They're more of the uh, Michael Myers type in that they, they're just, you know, straightforward and whatnot, but they do talk. Or two of them do. Yeah. The others kind of grunt and growl and <laughs> look menacing. And look menacing, yeah. The one thing of the whole movie that really bugs me, other than the ridiculous ending. Which ridiculous ending? The final ridiculous ending. I think we're spoiler safe on this. Yeah, well, okay, so the empty lot with burning rubble in it that looks like an empty lot with burning rubble rubble in it. it, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look like the house blew up and burned down. I mean, this is a big gravel lot with, like, patches of burning stuff. That's a little far-fetched. But then the scorpion thing. The engineer? Is that what that is? Is that the engineer? The thing in the doorway, yeah? Yeah, with the with the face where the crotch should be and the scorpion tail and the weird arm-leg configuration. Yeah, that's the engineer. Yeah, that thing's weird. Well, yeah. It's not scary. It's just, I see it and I'm like, wow, they... Really needed to spend a couple more dollars on that. Well, hell, the original Hellraiser was made for less than a million, or right around a million. Yeah, maybe they should have done like you know a million and five dollars because an extra five bucks would really help that thing. Well, in the in the first 
seeing that it's in, you can actually see the people behind it pushing him. You mm-hmm. see the cart he's on. And then uh, when he's fighting in the doorway to get the box yeah. and doing a terrible job of it. Well, she's doing a terrible job, too, of keeping it. So Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty good nonetheless. I mean, it definitely is something that when you're watching it, you know, there's a couple of decent jump scares. And then uh, just the rest of the time, it's a psychological mind hump with some grossness and some blood and skinned people. Num, 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 num. So at the end of the time when they made this, first off, uh, it was Clyde Barker's first movie, mm-hmm. it hit the first movie he directed. There are other movies that have Clive Barker attached to it, but this is the first one that he directed. Mm-hmm. And he was actually going to the studio, to New World, to make Lord of Illusion. They mm-hmm. wouldn't let him make Lord of Illusion because it was going to be too expensive for a first-time director. They said, why don't you do something with like three people in a house and something inexpensive, basically. So he went away and came back with this. Yep. I wonder how the pain priest is going to look in this one. In the in the reboot, well, this is my thoughts. Like obviously at eighty seven, this was pretty heavy stuff. Yeah, I hadn't seen this sort of thing depicted on screen before. Now mainstream movie before, right? And I was kind of wondering. I mean, how are they going to make this reboot version edgy? How are they going to make it shocking and give it the same edge? Right. Especially since the whole pain pleasure thing went mainstream. <laughs> True. Now what are they going to be into? I don't know. I mean, if they're going to try and keep it as close to the real deal, then they're going to probably stay to the same kind of idea. I'm just wondering how they're going to make him look. Well, um, I don't think that in the original there was that description necessarily. I, I don't know. I haven't read the the novella. but um, I have. He didn't have a name in it either in the original movie. No, that's why they just started calling him Pinhead, but he is... Clive Barker said his he's called the Pain Priest. I don't know why they would change his look. He is kind of the iconic you know, emblem of the movie series. True, but I was thinking maybe they would like give him less pins or something. I mean, they will do something to it to make it different, but they, I don't think they'll. I think they'll probably change the outfit more than they'll change the pins. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, they may make the pins rusty or more nail-like. Ooh, Rusty would be good. See, three days ago, Hellraiser reboot director promises not to hold back. Not to hold back. Well, that's good to know. Says the original release in 87 didn't hold back. It still stands as one of the most shockingly gory and disturbing horror movies ever released. And its first sequel doubled down on the pain and torture. There have been a lot of sequels since, but now we're getting a true reboot of the entire franchise. And he said he won't hold back, in quotes, when it comes to his reboot. And Spyglass Media is behind it. Which is what everybody was hoping for. We're not going to get the PG-13 rated version. Yeah, he does say David's promise comes with the, quote, notion that this will be one gory, painful, R-rated experience. As it should be. So we'll say... uh, Reestablish Pinhead the Cenobites is a true force from hell that's not to be trifled with. And they have no more story after that. Apparently he also did The Ritual. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie either. So. Yeah, I haven't either. But uh, I didn't even know that it wasn't, that it even existed. Apparently the producer is still producing it, David S. Goyer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. He was also a producer on The Night House. Yeah, he also wrote uh, 
Blade and Man of Steel. He's kind of like a go-to writer guy these days. What they say is that he's more of an ideas guy than a... That his ideas are better than his writing. Well, all he's doing is paying for it. So, well, paying for some of it. Well, he's getting people to pay for it. Kind of. Producers don't really put in their own money. Wow, I did not realize there have been nine Hellraiser movies. Ten. Well, this says nine. What was what's the tenth? Okay, there's uh, Hellraiser Judgment. I guess is the last one. So anyway, what do you think about uh, casting? Well, you're going to have to put Doug Jones in as one of the creatures, one of the Cenobites, because it's Doug Jones. That just might be your casting right there. <laughs> I know, right? That's it. Everything else will be CGI. And Doug Jones as the Cenobites. <laughs> Hellraiser, starring well, Doug Jones. <laughs> well, he'll play Doug Jones. He'll also play uh, Frank, so that they can get him into the skeleton suit. Y- yeah. All practical effects, no CGI, but a lot of compositing. Oh, I would kill for they if they would go full practical effects on it. Except for the engineer. Make him CGI. I don't know if we'll be seeing that character making an appearance this time. I don't think so either, and honestly... More power to it. Well, it didn't serve much of a purpose the last time. Yeah, well, that that and the creepy bum who picks up the box and turns into a dead dragon and flies away. Yeah, that had no purpose either. They could have given it a purpose, I guess. Well, they could have just had the bum come grab the box and then just disappear. That would have been just as creepy. Actually, that would have been more creepy because it wouldn't have been a fake, dumb-looking dragon. Yeah, yeah. Or have him turn into Pinhead and disappear. Well, the thing is... you. You don't know where the character come from, what his point was. The bum? No, not at all. Why he was following her in the first place. Yeah, and why he really digs on eating crickets. Well, that's, I mean, that's just for creepy factor. But honestly, you never know where he comes from, what he's doing there. I mean, he can't be following her to get the box because she doesn't know about the box. True. So I guess you got it, Doug Jones. We're just going to put Doug Jones in the whole movie. Well, I mean, I can't really think of anybody else. I mean, you're going to have to get a young, uh, a fairly young girl for the girl. Uh, and then you got to have somebody for the boyfriend. That you could do without the boyfriend. Yeah, true. He was kind of useless. He did. Well, he was more than useless. All he did at the uh, end of the movie was show up. True. I mean, it's kind of bland, but. Well, no, I mean, there's the characters are. The father character is supposed to be bland. True. Because it's supposed to be a surprise when she comes back in and he's Frank. Right. But I think that's why they cast who they cast the first time, Andrew Robinson. I thought that guy was also the same guy that was in People Under the Stairs. Am I wrong? You're wrong. Okay. I thought so. No, the guy in Hellraiser is the guy who was the serial killer in Dirty Harry. Oh, yeah. Which is probably why they cast him in this one, so that he could play the Frank character. Yeah. I mean, we don't even need to find people with names, really. They won't. Except for Doug Jones, maybe. Because, honestly, I think he would be perfect as at least one or two of the Cenobites. Ooh, he'd be a great chatterer. Have the chatterer be all tall and skinny and lanky. No, I think if you're going to cast him, he's going to wind up being the skeletal Frank guy or he's going to play Pinhead. They're not going to make him face the Cenobite. I don't know. I mean, you know, in Pan's Labyrinth, he was whatever the hell that thing was supposed to be with eyes in his hands. He plays a lot of, quote, faceless characters. Well, he used to. He still kind of does. No, he's a big name actor now. 
Yeah, you don't see him as much as you do the characters that he plays. I mean, Abe Sapien. I mean, he plays a lot of creepy zombie, not zombie, well, that too, but creepy monster things. Yeah, but he's also he's also on Star Trek Discovery now. Oh well, then yeah, yeah, but he's a he's got a mask on in that too. Well, I mean, it's like complaining that you. Oh, it's so rare that you see uh, Andy Serkis when he's not doing a computer generated character. That freaks me out. I didn't even know that was him. I don't guess they had any lines in uh, Shape of Water either, did he? Or not did he? really. I haven't seen it. No, I think he doesn't talk because he's supposed to be the creature from the Black Lagoon, basically. So. I mean, he talked a lot in the two Hellboys. Uh, he didn't talk in Hellboy, the original Hellboy. Yeah, he did. His voice is dubbed. Well, whatever. But, he d- but what's odd is he did do the voice in the animated Hellboy movie. Oh, well, there you go then. Have you seen the redo of the Hellboy? No, I haven't. No, I haven't either. I kind of want to. Well, the trailer didn't look half bad. No, but everybody was really bad-mouthing it like it wasn't right. And I'm like, yeah, Okay. Actually, he did the voice of Abe Sapien in the video game, too. Oh, there you go. So how far do you think they'll go with it? How far do I think they'll go with Hellraiser? Yeah, I mean, do you think they'll really put something out there that's edgy and over the top, or do you think they'll back off at the last minute? If if they don't put out something edgy and over the top and they give us a PG-13 horror film, it's going to suck. They can't do PG-13. You would have to change the entire premise of the movie. Exactly. So I would say they're probably going to just follow it as closely as they can. And if it turns out being shite, then it turns out to be shite. But I think they're going to do a pretty good job. And hopefully it ends up being really cool. They don't change the Cenobites too much. That's the thing that worries me the most. Because the story, I mean, I've got the, the, the graphic novel upstairs for it. And I've read the regular book, but uh, the story is the story. Uh, I mean, if you change it too much, it's not going to make any sense. But the Cenobites are what make the movie, so we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, they could do a a completely new story that only has the Cenobites in it. Yeah, true. But if this guy says he's going to follow the original story fairly closely, then let's keep him there following it. And not getting weird and changing everything and making everybody go, oh, well, this kind of sucks. I mean, I mean, yeah, they could go a completely different way, but they could do a different story about a different person who finds the box. Right. I mean, I don't care how, you know, who finds it and that kind of thing. But you, if you're going to stick to the story, you're going to need the creepy uncle, incestuous, disgusting guy, Frank. You're going to need a fairly dull family or at least husband, and you're going to need the woman who ended up sleeping with Frank prior to everything. No, I mean, they could go with, you know, go with a completely different story where somebody finds the box and then they inadvertently open it and spend the whole movie being chased by Cenobites rather than having a story where the Cenobites are kind of, they're not really the major characters in the story. Yeah, but then that's, I mean, that they did one like that. One of the Hellraisers was like that and one of the ones that was panned and stinks. So, I mean, yeah, if you want to change it and make it your atypical, boring, bunch of jump scares horror film, then go right ahead. But, you know, you're not going to get the guys like you and I who were hardcore fans to watch that thing because we're going to be like, oh, you completely screwed my movie. Again, thanks. 
Oh, well, that's just my opinion. Well, hopefully this... I mean, this guy's getting his big break. He's getting his... Uh, yeah, you know, if they want uh, a new Butterball, they can call me. Just send in your demo reel. You have to shave your beard. Uh, if the money's right. And how much money would that have to be? I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Considering I'm not a SAG actor, they can pretty much screw me however they want. So I'm pretty sure if they called you with an offer, you would probably take it. it probably. Unless they're like, I'm giving you a hundred bucks. I'd be like, um, no. Well, they have to give you whatever scale is for costume actors. Yeah, I'd be like, I got to, well, manage where they're filming it, but I got to fly all the way there and then get set up. It's like, um, well, let's work out something a little better than that. Okay, chief? No. <laughs> they, can, they can get people to be in a costume locally sourced. They don't have to have a specific guy for the part. No, that's true. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure when contract negotiations come up for the sequel, they don't usually take him to the table for more money. Either you come back and do it or you don't. Yeah, but that's the sequel. This is the first one. Say, I gotta, I gotta be like, hey, I can play a fat guy. I'll shave my whole head so they can put me in the, in the, in the suit. <laughs> that in your resume? You can't play a fat guy? <laughs> can't play a fat guy. Willing to shave head to play fat guy. I don't know. They get pretty hot in those suits. That's true. I don't like heat. Might want to consult with somebody before signing over to be in the movie. I, I don't know. Uh, hey, hey, Marissa. If if I got asked to be Butterball in the new reboot of uh, Hellraiser, uh, would I say no? I would say no. Yeah, she even she said I wouldn't say no. <laughs> well, I mean, being in a suit. Yeah, I would suck it up and deal with it. Just just keep me full of water. Actually, keep me full of those armor drinks and just don't ask me to do anything really weird. Why would they ask you to do something weird in a Hellraiser movie? I mean, like, stand on my head. You might stand on somebody else's head. That's fine. I don't mind standing on someone else's head. I don't want to stand on my own. You would be able to get into Days of the Dead free from now on, though. Yeah, I'd go in and have my own table. Did you get anything else on Hellraiser? No, I'm I'm good. I think that's, I think that's it. So just... Hope they don't fuck it up. Yep. I hope they don't fuck it up, and I hope they don't ruin the Cenobites. So, there we go. And uh, cue creepy Hellraiser music. And there it is. Another episode of Achieving Rally, the podcast done and done. Of course, like usual, we went off track a little bit, and we don't sound as excited about life as we normally do just because we're both tired of being locked indoors so uh i hope you enjoyed that episode and uh sometime soon we may have an episode where i just lose my mind you never know so for chris chris in parentheses everybody else i'm larry saying stay tuned next week for more crap bye
Hey everybody, Larry here from Achieving Reality the Podcast. So you've missed the last few episodes, have you? That's cool. We got you covered now. That's right, Achieving Reality the Podcast is now on Spotify. Nice, right? So, now you can listen to us on Podbean, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, and Spotify. We're growing and growing. I mean, wow. Follow us on Facebook and give us a listen on all of our new platforms and our old platforms. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Achieving Reality, the podcast. See you soon.